What I found is that when you learn to meet your obstacles and appreciation, your vibe goes right back up in your appreciation of them. And then the tools to solve whatever the obstacle is, is available up there. But, but when you're below neutral, you're not thinking new thought. You're not capable of new thought. You're recycling. And that's why things seem unsolvable, impossible, hopeless when you're down there. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. David Strickle is an author, speaker, and medium who has been receiving what he calls downloads of thought from source consciousness since childhood. He refers to this consciousness as the stream. The stream's wisdom provides a deep understanding of the meaning of life and the universe. These teachings have proven effective in transforming lives all over the world via the Taya practice, or Trust Your Abundance, a practice co-created by David and the stream. This is an intriguing episode, and later in the show, I get a chance to talk to the stream directly through David as the channel and ask some deep questions. Wait till you hear the answers. David Strickle, welcome to being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. Also, I'm proud to announce that the show is now available on YouTube. And you can follow us on our new Instagram page, at Being with Patrick Cook. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. David Strickle, welcome to Being. Thank you so much for being here. It's good to be here. This is really exciting. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. I was um, checking out your work uh, about channeling, spiritual awakening, personal transformation, all the wonderful things that I'm interested in. And I'm sure my audience is as well. So looking forward to doing, going deep uh, on those topics. Uh, but I'd love to start with um, with sort of your transformation, your personal journey, your, how did you arrive at the place that you are now? What was your childhood like? If you could give us like a summary of, of your life and how you arrived in this moment. Sure, sure. Uh, childhood was um, troublesome, shocking, right? right. <laughs> Someone is doing this work, <laughs> common theme. Uh, I, I had really disconnected parents. Uh, I, I recall understanding universal law when I was really, really young. Uh, I often tell the story about really, it was had to be prior to age six, so around five, I'm assuming, uh, this friend of my parents showed up uh, at our home. We were uh, what I would consider lower middle class, Texas City, Texas, very blue collar town. My dad was mm -hmm. an assistant coach at a junior high. I don't think my mom was even working uh, for the first few years of my life. So we lived in this little you know, tract home and this friend drove up in this fancy car. Back then a fancy car was a Lincoln uh, Continental and it was this Lincoln. And I remember seeing it. And I was so mesmerized by it. I'd never seen such a fancy car. And she drove away and my parents started sort of bad mouthing her you know, we'll never have that. What did she do to get that? That sort of stuff. And I remember as a really small child thinking, why are you thinking that way? You, you can have anything that you want, you know, and, and that sort of thing. Well, my father ended up leaving when I was six and I actually left my mother for a wealthier woman and went and started this other family and lived in this big fancy house. And my mother was very bitter about it. She divorced 
uh, you know, moved us back to our hometown in Louisiana into this crappy two-bedroom apartment, and we grew up poor. Mm-hmm. And while my father and his new family were wealthy, swimming wow. pool, marble floors, spiral staircase, all that stuff, we lived in a two-bedroom roach-infested apartment next door to a prostitute. And that was our life as a child. And, you know, I'm not trying to bash my father. He wasn't completely disconnected, but he was very financially unavailable for us. Right. So I always had this, this issue with financial stuff as a kid. And my mother uh, really disconnected from my life as well. She did not want to be a parent. She made that abundantly clear to both of us, but she didn't want our father to be a parent to us either. And we were sort of left to our own devices. Well, because of that, I had a lot of contrast, a lot of negative things happen, you know, mm-hmm. around my childhood, but I always had this inner knowing that I was allowed to continue to listen to because I didn't have anything else. Mm. And this inner knowing carried me through life and and gave me my worthiness even when my mother was so awful toward me that she was telling me to kill myself at one point when I was a teenager. Wow. She really loathed me and loathed the experience of being a, a parent to a troubled teenager, certainly. Mm-hmm. And, and I certainly fueled that, I admit. But, you know, it was really a disconnected childhood from everything but my inner knowing. But the inner knowing served me well. And so mm-hmm. I remember at age 14 detailing to my older brother, Doug, that even though we were poor, we didn't have to stay that way, that you could be, do, have, you know, anything you want, you know, as we all say now that we've discovered law of attraction on mass. Mm. But I thought it was something that I invented right. at 14 in 1982. I thought it was my little invention. <laughs> <Pretty Awesome. naive. laughs> but, but then I went on to uh, adulthood and, you know, it, it, that, that knowing really did start to enhance my life, even in high school. Uh, by the time I was in high school, I had all the material stuff. I had the nice clothes and the fancy car. And I was running around with all the rich kids in town that had Rolex watches and stuff, but I was still living in the two bedroom apartment. Mm. So my reality, uh, from teen into adulthood was very much focused on manifesting financial and material abundance. Mm. And I really carried that into my adult life for my twenties and my thirties. But I also knew that this knowing was something that not everybody was getting, at least not on the level that I was, but I also kept it hidden. So I'd go see psychics, and and eventually I found a psychic that told me that I was a channel. I had no idea what that meant. You know, today I do believe that everyone is a channel in their own way, but she said, no, specifically, you have this really acute ability to receive source and share it if you choose to do so. And I chose not to for a long time. (laughs) And so I got into my early 40s, and in my early 40s, I had manifested everything that I thought I needed to be happy. Mm. Even though I really didn't get past the 10th grade in high school, I was a self-taught individual. I was a VP uh, for a big company. I was earning a lot of money, living in a gorgeous house, driving a fancy car, and had all the nice stuff that I thought was happiness as a child. And realize, God, you know, I've got all this great stuff, and I'm still not happy. You know, yeah. I'd go look at my crystal and my, you know, beautiful custom draperies and all this crap in my house, and and think, you know, gosh, this was supposed to be what happiness is, and I'm not happy. I have all these other things that are wrong in my life that are non-financial. So it made me realize that even if I didn't want to be public about this inner knowing, I really needed to go more inward and pay more attention to it to better understand how to utilize that that creative process, that law of attraction process, Mm. other more important areas of my life, health, friendships, relationships, love of self, you know, truly healing all of the crap from my past that I had really not done. And I started meditating. 
And in 2010, I had what a lot of people would call a kundalini awakening, where this, this eruption of energy just exploded at the base of my spine and it electrified me. Mm. And to this day, that electrification is still present. Uh, my fingertips, my knees, out my toes, especially, you know, around my face. Um, and, and when I'm what I call up my spiral, when I'm allowing that source connection to be, I feel that electricity in me. And that knowing just drops in now. So to kind of flash forward through all of that, uh, you know, I, I kind of took a very common path that I wasn't uh, a denounced religion early on. Uh, I was raised Christian and decided that that was not for me because Christianity told me that who and what I was was wrong mm. as a gay man and certainly as a channel. And so I turned my back on that in my 20s. I considered myself an atheist for a minute, but I always knew there was something bigger and more. Yeah. But mainstream spirituality didn't do it for me either. You know, the idea, all, all of this, this big tent of spirituality for a while was something that really turned me off. Mm. Uh, you know, talking to aliens, the idea of spirit guides, even the idea of angels, all that stuff was also a turnoff to me. Right. And I felt very homeless <laughs> spiritually and until I really learned to just go inward and sort of create my own bubble of reality around my connection to the energetic realm. Mm. And in doing that, I allowed this, this knowing to step forward. And I have to say a huge catalyst for me was that one of these psychics introduced me to the, the concept of Abraham Hicks. Mm. And I really was turned off by that because I thought it was something biblical, Old Testament. That's what it sounded like to me. And it, it was years before I really started paying attention to it. And then when I did, the Abraham message was like music to my ears. Right. It, it really led me down this path of saying, okay, you know, maybe channeling is not so weird. Maybe it's something that we can all do on some level and that speaking it is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm. Wow. So powerful. What a journey. And then I have so many questions for you. This is awesome. Um, beginning with, I think, the, this idea of channeling, maybe you could expand on that a little bit, but I, I love the idea that everybody is a channel because that's that's basically how I approach my life is that, you know, and you mentioned, you know, you, you followed all these paths, this trajectory where you're supposed to achieve happiness, what society tells us will lead to happiness, and most often it doesn't. Um, we get caught in these programs and these conditioning and we sort of turn off our connection to something bigger. Um, but I think if we do the work to sort of, you know, look at our trauma from childhood, look at our beliefs, look at our conditioning and sort of remove that, all of us can access that deeper essence of ourself, which in, in turn is our connection to, you know, stream of consciousness or, or um, source or God or whatever one label you want to put on it. So that idea that we're all capable of it is really exciting to me. But I think you're right in the sense that some people are more equipped and um, more in tune for some reason. I would love you to expand on that. Why is some people are more uh, equipped to be channels and some aren't? Sure. Uh, I do a lot of teaching now around all of this stuff, and we've created some tools. And one of the tools that I love is this virtual vibrational spiral. And I'm certainly not the only one offering something like that out there. Right. We all understand that our emotions you know, spiral up and down, right? Mm. But our emotion is a reflection of our vibration. And our mm. vibration very much impacts how our lives go. So we've created this little, this little uh, space on this spiral called neutrality. And everything above neutral is source-connected 
we call it UTS up the spiral, and everything below that is is less than that. Some a little less than that. I call that get it done mode. We we spend a lot of time in that mode, and then of course you can spiral on down into lots of different negative levels of emotion and vibration from there. Right. And what we realize is, is when you're above that little line of neutrality in that source connected space, you are channeling. You're in your own way. Right. Meaning all creativity, all new thought, all, all of the solutions to life's problems are all available up there. And we tend to hold ourselves out of that space very often. And that's why so many people teach meditation, because if you quiet your mind enough, you come to understand that that up the spiral space is really your natural state of being. Right. But we, we hold ourselves out of it. And polarity knocks us out of it. You know, that that energy that uh, astrology is very much based on polarity, you know, this ebb and flow of energy that we're all somewhat aware of, mm. that, of course, takes us out of it. And we get really deep in, in my teachings of what purpose that serves and how that's, that's actually a good thing. Mm. But to answer your question about channeling, so when we're above that space of neutrality, we're all channeling in our own way, but we're all individual beings. We're all eternal strands of consciousness here in a human vehicle experiencing the Earth environment. Yes. And we have different talents. Not everyone can sing like Whitney Houston could sing or Beyonce. You know, not everyone can paint a painting like Picasso. You know, we we have our strengths and our talents and our offerings. We're not all here equal, meaning yes. exactly the same set of abilities, obviously. Yeah. But we all have our version of that. That's our intuition. That's our state of just joy for the state, sake of joy appreciation of the earth environment, appreciation of things that are our preference. All of that is source connectedness, mm. and it's all our version of channeling. Now, I do believe that I have an ability to share it, unlike a lot of people do. That doesn't make me superior, certainly, because my life can be just as big a mess as anybody else's, right. and I love to share that stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a big part of what I do is you know, I channel the stream, which is this beautiful, loving, perfect message that connects all the dots. And then I turn around and, and give you me the imperfect, very flawed, uh, you know, guy who's still applying all this stuff in, in varying degrees of success because mm -hmm. we're all on that path and that's reality. Yeah. And I think that that's helpful to people. So that channeling, you, you, you are channeling, whoever's listening to this, you are channeling when you are appreciating yourself and loving yourself because that is sources perspective of you and of all creation. And when you're in that space, you're at your best. Mm. And whatever it is that you discern as your preference, you, you are expressing yourself in that. And if we take away fear and judgment, which is another huge component of, of the things that we teach, then you can really dive into allowing that state of being to be more often in your life. And your talents and your abilities will flourish in that space, whatever they are. For me, I understood that I had this, this knowing that I developed over time because I didn't have anything else available to me. I was not a good student. I was dyslexic, so I didn't really do well in school like my older brother did, and that was expected of me. I didn't have you know a father that was really paying attention to me. He was you know more into his uh, my half-sister and his wife and his new life. My mother retreated to her bedroom for the rest of her life after she got divorced in 1975. Wow. She was just done. <laughs> and that went on until 2014 when she crossed over. And so I was really left to my own devices. And as a child, it was lonely. And it was this, this sort of darkness, but it really wasn't. I developed this inner world and mm. this inner knowing that 
served me on many levels throughout life. And then when I hit, you know, my early forties and really wanted to reinvent myself, I really went inward. And when I really did that, then I started changing all kinds of things about my life. Yeah. And then in my fifties, I started uh, teaching other people how to do the same thing. So awesome. at age 50, I left a very high paying corporate career with no real plan. I had an unpublished book that has now been published called The Stream. Uh, and my podcast, The Stream of David podcast, I had those two things, neither of which really made me any money. And I quit my job. Wow. And with the intention of sharing this practice with the world. And now we're four, almost four years later. Uh, we have over 100 graduates of the program. You know, we have all of these, these amazing things that have come from the teachings. But the thing that really turned all of that for me was understanding that all of this channeling, this, this channeling of source that we're all doing, even if people don't identify it as source, I identify all of that as source consciousness, mm. that eternal consciousness that is the create the, the root of all creation, if you will. And, mm. the, and, and definitely that, that feeling of love and goodness and joy that we're all aware of. Yeah. And people label it many different things. We all have that available to us all the time. We just drown it out. We Why drown we it out with our down the spiral stuff. Yeah. Why do we do that? Is it well? I think that gives us the human experience. Right. I, I don't. I don't think we come here to experience perfection. Right. We we come to the physical environment for our preferences. Certainly, there's so many amazing things in this environment that we see and automatically it's our preference. And that's all an expression of source, a beautiful flower. Uh, you know, I, I'm really, I'm not into children, but I really like infants. When I see infants, I just light up. To me, it's like new <laughs> life. It's amazing. They're not talking yet. Yeah. You know, it's just something that just lights me up. And, you know, th those things are my preference. I love, you know, little uh, like animals, puppies and things like that. We all love those things, right? Mm -hmm. Good food, travel, beautiful locations, deep conversations with people that you resonate with deeply. All of those things are the things that we all love, and we are here to experience those things. But think about, we, we, we all think that we want this life of, of perfection. You know, we, we want to have an easy life where we just manifest everything that we want. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out teaching the law of attraction that sort of push that idea right. that you're going to have everything that you've ever wanted. It's going to be just amazing. You're going to have money and, 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 and you know, all this, this fantastic partner and this great business, and you're going to have the best body and you're just going to be perfect. <laughs> and I know a lot of these people and none of them are living that. And right. I'm not. <laughs> so I would rather say, you, you know, why, why do we think that we're here for perfection when no one's experiencing that? Why don't we dig into what the imperfection is all about Yes, and then start thinking of all the things that we create as human beings that are all a solution to what we once perceived as a problem. Mm, wow. Yes. So well, you mentioned infants there, and that just brought up for me the way I understand it, source consciousness or the stream or God or whatever you want to talk or you want to call it. We all we are manifestations of that source energy when we come into this physical reality, and we come into this physical reality to have experiences, to experience contrast, and to learn from those experiences. And that sort of that um, wisdom gets channeled back into the stream, and it's ever evolving as you know, it's just life experiencing more of itself. That's kind of how I understand exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when when but when we're born as these, you know. Uh, beautiful, innocent light beings, we immediately are uh, beginning to be programmed and conditioned by our environment necessarily because evolutionarily that's how it works. You know, we, we, we're basically useless for the first year of life and we have to learn from our, our peers, our parents, our guardians about the environment and how to, how to survive. 
but that inherently comes with some conditions on some parts of us are acceptable, some of our behaviors are acceptable, and some aren't. And so we learn very quickly to shut off parts of ourselves that may be this creative impulse or, you know, in school we're told to sit, sit down and shut up, you know, when really we're just trying to express our essence. And so we come, we become further and further uh, removed and disconnected from our truest essence, which manifests in all sorts of ways, addiction and depression and abuse and uh, violence, all sorts of things. But there's this deeper knowing, This and this is definitely true in my experience. When I was a child, I had this knowing of a power within me, but it scared the hell out of me and nobody else was talking about it. So I covered well, it up. Well, and other people trying to define for you what that was also exactly. didn't well, necessarily resonate, right? Yeah. Well, exactly. I grew up Irish Catholic, so the church was trying to tell me what it was, and I was like, this doesn't make sense to me at all. So um, but the further and further you get away from that, I have found in my experience, certainly the the more difficult it became to listen and to trust it, right? And so I'm in my mid-40s now, and it was only in my early 40s that I was like, okay, I can't keep ignoring this voice, this power within me because I'm scared of it, you know? So, and al I used alcohol to sort of cover that up because it was convenient and I'm Irish and that's what we do. <laughs> but it, it, it got to a point where it's like, okay, I can't ignore this anymore. And as soon as I sort of turned towards it and started listening, like big changes started happening in my life. A lot of very painful transitions, granted, but what's on the other side of those are is just freedom and joy and fulfillment on a level that I didn't know was possible before. And there's obviously much work to do. All of us are continually evolving. But what I wanted to ask you is how maybe if somebody is listening and they like, shit, maybe I'm a channel, maybe I'm ignoring that voice. How can I trust it? How can I begin listening? How can I let that sort of essence flow through me, even if I'm scared? I would say don't fear it. Mm. Detuning fear is a huge, huge, huge tool uh, that I love to teach because as you have demonstrated what you said is that 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 fear mechanism is a component of our ego that's trying to hold us in place. Yes. And it's a survival and, mechanism. Right, right. And when we detune fear and you detune judgment, and those two things really go hand in hand, when you detune fear and judgment and start uh, this process that, that I love to teach called seeing through the eyes of source, which simply means removing fear and judgment from a topic and refocusing mm -hmm. from that higher perspective. So if you remove fear and judgment from your own inward experience, and then you really start paying attention to what you're getting. Mm. And I think it expresses differently in different people. Some people uh, meditating and then journaling uh, you know, yeah. actually pen to paper journaling. There's, there's magic in that process. We teach so a lot powerful. of people to do journaling because it's, it's automatic writing essentially Yeah. when you raise your vibration and do it right. and then just start, you know, putting your thoughts on paper because a lot of these thoughts kind of flow through and flow out. And what I noticed was I had this, these, this knowing, and it wasn't like this running dialogue. It was just suddenly a knowing about something would just drop in. Mm. No, that's not the way that is. Yes, this is the way that is. You know, this is how this works energetically. That stuff was just just popped in. It was just there. Wow. And it always connected the dots and always made sense. And then when I read the secret, you know, that made some sense. You know, the the the, the it's a very base message in that book, but I understand why it's so popular because people innately know that that is truth. Yeah but it doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. And I think right. it ends up frustrating a lot of people. And that was what my intention was in sharing all of this, because I was so inspired by Abraham Hicks 
that I became a channel. But but going down that path was a little odd for me because I wasn't yet at the place where I could have a conversation with the stream. Mm. This knowing would drop in. And then when I started trying to make myself do it, that was not very effective at all. Because anytime I, I call it hammering, you know, anytime we're trying to make something happen and make, you know, hammer into place, I'm a type A personality. So it's natural yeah. for me to want to do that. Everything stops. And then when I just kind of relax and set an intention, it just flows. Right. And so my path, when I set the intention to learn to channel, my own unique path opened up. And it was not like Esther Hicks' path at all. Right. You know, try, trying to have this, you know, magical thing that she had happen that did not work for me. Mm-hmm. It was not my journey. And then when I did get to the point where I could start really conversing and I even receive yes and no physically in my body, uh, in, unless I'm DTS, you know, down the spiral, I have ready access to yes on the left side of my body and no on the right side. It's sort of like using a pendulum, but it, it just, the energy just, you know, kicks in and I know immediately that that is source, you know, positive or negative. This is the way, uh, this is not the way. And we're in agreement or not. So I asked, why do we need another channel? You know, the, the Abraham message is beautiful and brilliant. And the clear message that I received back was, not all channels are the same. It's all yeah. being filtered through a human being. And there's a different audience and a different message. And you're going to serve them in a different way. And I was very much guided to stop listening to Abraham at that point. Not because there's anything wrong with it. I love it. Yeah. But to allow the stream to be its own thing. So I have, since I've started doing this and, and sort of meeting other people that do the same thing, I have encountered a lot of people that want to be or claim to be the next Abraham. But the message that I got was Abraham is perfect and exactly what it is. It's it's serving its audience. Mm. And I need to allow the stream to be the stream mm. and allow the stream to, to create its own message. And I so I cut off from everything, started my podcast, and it started, I would set an intention to come onto the podcast. And I, I didn't know anyone to even be on my podcast at that point. I did it in my living room. I was still in my corporate job, and I just decided to do it. And I would set an intention to bring the stream in and have them talk on a subject, and they would talk on a subject. So the beginning of my podcast in 2017 was by topic. And then I started meeting people and working with people and channeling for people. And then their questions started bringing out all this new information of things that I never even dreamed of. Mm. And so the sharing of it created more of it and Mm. made it better. And the continued sharing of it created even more. So I came to understand that my intention was fulfilled in Esther's channeling of of Abraham, me being at peace with it, and my frustration with Abraham, Mm. which is not a popular thing to hear, but I'm not bashing (laughs) Abraham. So all the Abraham people, you know, don't come for me with the torch. I I love Abraham (laughs) as much as you do. But I personally had frustration with Abraham because I couldn't figure out how to apply it in my life. Right. Yeah. And so I started channeling and the stream did bring a little different flavor of that same message. Eternal law is eternal law. You know, those laws are universal and there's, there's no changing those things, but the way we look at it and talk about it and process it is different from the stream than it is from Abraham. Mm. And what, flourished in all of that is this opportunity came for me to teach a course, which I never thought I would do. And I started teaching a course and that course quickly uh, evolved 
to the Taya practice and it became Taya boot camp and Taya is trust your abundance. And what it is today mm -hmm. is the practical application of the streams teachings. Awesome. That was the missing thing for me. And I did not set out to do that. It just happened magically. Cool. And it's so cool that it did because it's like taking that universal law message that most channels are sharing a version of and always have and created a, a lifestyle or a mindset practice to apply it in your life and have it actually work in your mm. life. And that's what I needed for me and people that, you know, get into the program. That's what they need for them. Beautiful. And it works very well. Sounds amazing. I would love it's to see that course. I, it, that's system. interesting. Yeah, that's interesting because I've been uh, listening to Abraham Hicks for years and and using the techniques and, and the practices with mixed results. And, you know, and it's interesting to hear you speak about it and to offer more practical tools. So I'd be really interested to hear more about that. Just before we go into that, though, there's a couple of things you mentioned I want to ask you about. First is um, universal law. And what that means, where it comes from, what some examples are. And then the other thing, just before I forget, is I'm really curious about what is the nature of your consciousness as David, the human being with an ego, while you're channeling? Maybe we can speak to that first, and then we'll go into you. Sure, like, sure. Does your ego uh, it's, it's completely really, removed? It's hard to explain because it's like, a, uh, it, it's like my ego or my human consciousness steps back right. and allows them to flow. Like a witness. And almost. And I know when it's flowing. And now people that listen know that it's flowing. And I remember I was on a show and someone introduced me as a trance channel. And I'm like, what is a trance channel? I don't know. <laughs> but because I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm there and I'm aware in the moment. But then when I'm finished, I have very little recollection of what transpired. Wow. So I guess I'm in a trance. <laughs> Didn't know what that was. And yeah. I taught myself how to do it. So I took a there... couple of years teaching myself how to do it. Is it, but is there like even a residue of the wisdom that remains or there a knowingness, a feeling rather than, you know, that's, it's always there unless yeah. I am down my spiral, you know, in that, that, uh, DTS, uh, negative energy space, it's right. always there. Uh, and, and part of it at this point for me is it's flowing very freely because of my practice. My default vibration is higher and it's more readily available to me, but also I am so informed by their teachings because right. I'm teaching it all the time right. that I, I do, I, I would say that I am not really bothering to make a distinction between what is just my, my knowing of the streams teachings and what's actually flowing from them mm. in my day-to-day -day life. Right. But when I shift into that gear and step back and allow them to flow, it is an experience where I know that it's them flowing mm -hmm. and I learn from those teachings and yes. it's very different than talking to me. And it's, it's, it is all with love and it is sometimes critical right. of me. Right. You know, I, I have no, I don't put any limitations on it whatsoever. And, yeah. and anybody can ask anything that they want. And I've never seen them stumped. Right. Uh, although it may not be a, uh, you know, the, the, the common thread with the stream is they were always turning us back to our earthly human existence. Right. You know, when people want to talk about aliens and, and you know, alternate dimensions and all this stuff, I understand the fascination with all that. We're curious beings. Yeah. But we're here to have this earthly experience. And they are continually saying, all of that stuff 
is out there and and it's it's okay to be curious about it there's no rules from them whatsoever mm. but we are here to have this experience mm. it's sort of like taking a vacation to hawaii and being fixated on what's going on you know on a ski trip somewhere <laughs> right you know we're not, we're there for a reason we're here right. in this consciousness for a reason and we don't have access to all of that because we are here to focus on this right so it's pulling in the universal law as it applies in our human experience and not necessarily getting so deep into, you know, what the aliens are doing and all that stuff. We are in extraordinary times and facing unprecedented challenges. Never in history have we been so connected yet so divided at the same time. Now more than ever, there's a fundamental need and desire for us to come together in community and collaboration, to experience real and authentic connection with our fellow human beings to be part of a tribe of people who are doing the challenging work of making sense of the world and their place in it. To have a safe place to be vulnerable and get the support we so desperately seek as we navigate the complexity of modern life. This is why I've created The Chrysalis, an exclusive online community for people who are doing the deep work of personal development, of awakening, of healing, of peeling back the layers of conditioning and unconscious programming and unleashing their full creative expression through the discovery of their life's purpose. This is for the people who have the courage to say yes to life and to becoming the best version of themselves for their own benefit and for the benefit of all. This private membership group will be hosted away from the prying eyes and ears of the big tech platforms and will feature live group coaching calls, exclusive content and trainings, plus guest speakers, workshops, and more. At its essence, the Chrysalis is about coming together in a thriving community with the shared intention of co-creating the future that we all want to live in. If this resonates with you, go to enterthechrysalis.com for more information and to reserve your spot. Chrysalis is spelled C-H-R-Y-S-A-L-I-S. So that's enterthechrysalis.com. Now, back to the show. Yeah, well, this is perfect. So universal law, what does that mean? What, what are some examples of it? Well, I, I sum it all up in, in what I call the universal process of creation, the universal process of all creation. And law of attraction is a component of that. Okay. But it's a component because the law of attraction is like gravity. It just is. It's happening all the time. We're attracting every little thing to us vibrationally as a vibrational match to it. And, and, mm -hmm. and we understand that. And people that are just discovering it very often will put the roadblocks up and say, well, there's no way I would have attracted this unwanted stuff in my life. Right. You know, I would have not attracted being abused or having cancer as a kid or my wife being killed in a car accident. And you're that whole light message of you can have everything that you want. That's where people get lost in that. Yeah. Because that's just a little component of the universal process of creation. The bigger conversation to have about the universal process of creation is vibrational flow. Mm. And I, what I love about the stream's teachings is that you can take it and you can do your own experimentation with all of it in your life and prove it to yourself. You don't have to just take anyone's word for anything. You can see reflected in their message and reflected in your life vibrational flow. We're all aware that sometimes our emotions are high and we're we're in a joyful state of being. And in that joyful state, more abundant things are happening around us if you pay attention. And in that joyful state of being, we're trusting our abundance. We're believing our dreams. 
Yeah. We're, we're making plans for the future and they feel good up there. Mm. And then what happens inevitably is this vibrational flow, this polarity is going to take our vibration down and we're going to revisit those thoughts and they're not going to seem legitimate. Right. They're going to seem ridiculous, un- unachievable. You know, that whole, what was I thinking? You know, Sunday <laughs> I was in this great mood and I was so relaxed. I started thinking about starting a business and I went online. I bought the domain. I've heard this a million times. I've done it. You know, I yeah. bought the domain and I'm so excited. And I'm going to do all this. And then Monday rolls around and I'm in traffic going to work and I'm thinking, gosh, I should just be happy. I've got this job. You know, what the hell was I thinking? I don't have the money to start a business right now. I've got a right. family to feed. I've got a mortgage to pay. That's crazy. You know, I was just be just pipe dreams yesterday. Yeah. But when you were in it, you felt it and you believed it and you totally. were it. hundred percent. And then we go down the spiral. We get into get it done mode. We go down the spiral and then we undo all of that creating that we did. Yeah. And it's a natural process of creation. But what we teach in Taya is operating your life in harmony with that flow, with the expectation that you're going to go down your spiral, the expectation that you're going to unravel some of your creation, yes. and the expectation that you're going to have obstacles and imperfections in your life. Yeah. But what we do is we, we detune the judgment of that. Mm. So the DTS, not bad natural state of being the obstacles that come with dts not bad even though it feels like crap to be down there and the interesting thing that i've noticed and everyone tends to to get this uh, as soon as i say it when you're down the spiral and down in that negative space you don't even remember what it's like to be up yeah you're in such a different vibration you are a different being and that's why people say things they quote unquote don't mean when they're down the spiral and you're, you're reacting, you know, with a temper sometimes to things, you know, in anger. And when you're up your spiral, first of all, the things that trigger you aren't even there. And if something does arise, you, you have the tools to deal with it on a much higher level. Mm. But we go down here into this dark space and we do stupid things and we say stupid things and we do things that are harmful to us and others sometimes. Yeah. So the judgment of that low vibration space is where humanity really gets hung up. Yeah. Thinking that we shouldn't be down there, that it's bad, that we should never have obstacles and why me and all of that, you know, that victim stuff. And it sticks us down there. So what I found is instead of teaching people, just be up there all the time, man, just be up your spiral, do whatever it takes to be up there. That's great. That's kind of where I got lost in the Abraham message. Yes. Yes. and I, I that get into the vortex and just be in the vortex, and that's the answer to everything. And there's nothing untrue about that. And if people can do that, I think Abraham is the thing. <laughs> Go to the workshops, listen to Esther. I love it. I think it's serving an audience. I'm not here to bash Abraham at all. But if that's if that is frustrating sometimes, that's where I was with that message. Yeah. And I realized that you know the secret kind of takes you here. It tells you this little part. Then Abraham takes you over here and feels amazing. Mm. But there was another part that sort of completed that cycle that I had to create for myself because I didn't find it out there. Yeah. So I created my version of it, and I share that, and it resonates with a lot of people. And I talk to people that come into the program, especially, 
And it's so funny because they all, oh yeah, I found the secret. And then I got into Abraham and I love Abraham, but I'm still not getting it. And here they are. I'm like, wow, I've, I've seen myself reflected back over a hundred times now. That's awesome. And it happens all the time. So it's that, that next piece. And there's nothing wrong with the secret. It introduced humanity to the idea that we do indeed create our own reality. It does yes. exactly what it's supposed to do, yes. just like Abraham does. And the stream does exactly what it's supposed to, and many others. I'm not discounting all of that. I'm just talking about my personal cycle. Yeah. And that that completed piece is the appreciation of the downflow, the mm -hmm. appreciation of the obstacles. Because you and I would not be having this conversation right now if we didn't really need to find our tribe without having to physically travel and be in a communal situation physically. Yeah, totally. You know, humanity wanted to be able to communicate like this. Yeah. And yeah. so here we had this problem that we perceived with our intelligent minds that we solved. If right. we never had a problem, we would not, we would be running around in the jungle, part of the food chain still, yeah, or less. Right? We've evolved because we we perceived problems, and then as a mutation of the Earth environment, humanity leapt forward and learned how to really solve problems, and then create a lot more problems in the solving mm -hmm. of them to continue the cycle of creation. Yes. Yes, the the idea of contrast to to understand when you are down the spiral, and I love how you bring it back into that practical. We we always will continue to go down into that contrast down the spiral, but it's 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 dependent on our our level of self awareness um, and how we can um, change consciously our vibration to move back up into the upper realms, right? And that's basically yeah. what I do with my clients is let's let's identify why we're getting sucked back into, and it's most often unconscious patterns of the shadow, of trauma, of things that are unresolved in us that are operating the, in the unconscious that we don't see, that draw us back into exactly. this negativity and fear and judgment, right? And yeah, so I call the, that the, um, I call it the old operating system for humanity. Exactly. Uh, that is, we're, we're coming out of it now and we see yeah. evidence all around us of, of some people really wanting to move up and have what we might call an awakening experience yeah <clears throat> because we're 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 seeing that we don't need all those old institutions of control yes you know we don't need a government controlling our lives we don't need religion telling us you know what to do and what to think and what to be mm. you know think of how many things that we're starting to sort of dismantle yes um you know policing comes into question government the monarchy everything's coming under fire now yes and the contrast of that is that you know everyone's offended by everything and we have all this cancel culture and everyone just wants everything to go away <laughs> and be perfect yeah. that's the sort of lower vibrational contrast of it the higher vibrational contrast is that we are seeing the cracks and the foundation of all these things you know yeah. you were raised catholic yeah. you know what better example of religion showing the cracks in its foundation than the catholic church 100 percent <laughs> so that's it. And it doesn't mean that we have to destroy all these things overnight. In fact, I'm sure that we will not. Yeah. But how much power do you give that stuff in your life? Yeah. You know, politics, I'm, I'm still in the United States. So, you know, politically here, it's, it's insanely polarized. Yeah. And neither side is speaking to me. That's because that polarity is a lower vibrational um, state of being. Totally. When you've got when you go down in vibration, you need to go scatter to a corner and pick a side and be right. Yeah. Which means everyone else is wrong. Yeah. That's pretty low vibrational thought, you know. And I get myself into trouble in Southern California if I don't pick that you know that liberal political side. I get in trouble real fast. So I just don't even go there. I'm like, I'm not into politics. I don't give any. And then that pisses people off. <laughs> How can you not give this power? Oh my God, you don't know what X Y Z is doing. And I'm like, eh, you know, I've yeah. lived enough life. 
and I've seen the pendulum swing politically and my life has been abundant against all odds, no matter what, because that's my mindset and that's what I believe. And that's the bubble of reality that I've created for myself, not perfection, but pretty damn good. Mm. And I see that people can live like that. You can be abundant in finance and health and relationships, but it's not about the state of perfection, Mm. Instagram version of life, you know, and I had that going on. I was, you know, when I first started doing this, I kind of went down that egocentric path of, I need to put myself out there as this guru, but it never felt authentic to me because I had marketing people telling me to do that. Totally. (laughs) I thought, well, you know, I I just don't, that doesn't really feel, it kind of feels like BS to me and I'm not about that. So I didn't stay in that space very long, but you know, there was a time I got really ripped and really into shape and I was living in the right house and driving the right car and doing all this stuff to be the, you know, but every time I see that, I just think, oh, that's such a turnoff to see the guy on the jet (laughs) and the, you know, and I love the idea of a jet. If I could afford a private jet, I'd be on a private jet tomorrow but I wouldn't yeah. be splashing it all over the place saying this is happiness. Right. It might be happiness in the moment. You yeah. know, I've, I've experienced luxury in life and yes, I like it in the moment, but it doesn't bring true joy. Mm. And it doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means don't expect your joy to come from material things. But I think that humanity is so fixated and I have had people, and those surveys have shown that there are people that say they would rather be rich and unhappy than happy and poor. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and look at the you know high-profile people that we find out are very unhappy people. Sometimes they take their own lives, and you think, yeah. gosh, you know, they've got everything. They're famous, and they're gorgeous, and they're rich, and you know, why would they do such a thing? Well, yeah. because it wasn't really feeding their soul the way they thought it would, and they felt very lost and very lied to. Totally. That they achieved, and I was there. You know, again, I had the all the stuff I was supposed to have: the title, the house, the salary, everything. Yeah. And I remember walking around that big house, just thinking, "Okay, this is nice," but you know, I yeah. still don't love myself. <laughs> yeah, you're disconnected from that essence I was talking about earlier. When we're born with it, and you know, you go down this path of materialism and all these the social ladder that's supposed to lead us to happiness, and you get there and you realize, "Wait a minute!" Like, yeah, this, and that's this the old, that's the old operating system. Exactly. Yeah, and totally. it's funny because I've started calling it the old operating system and referring to Taya as a new operating system for mm. humanity, where we appreciate vibrational flow, yeah. we appreciate our obstacles because what I found is that when you learn to meet your obstacles and appreciation, your vibe goes right back up in your appreciation of them. And then the tools to solve whatever the obstacle is, is available up there. hundred percent. But when yes. you're below neutral, you're not thinking new thought. Yes. You're not capable of new thought. You're recycling. Yes. And that's why and- things seem unsolvable, impossible, hopeless when you're down there. You feel stuck. Yeah. yeah, it's just a state of being. Yeah. And then getting that and, and having that awareness that even though I'm down here, you know, down the spiral and I feel like shit right now yeah. and I feel hopeless, I understand the universal process of creation. Yes. And I understand that I need to go quiet my mind, yes. go take a walk in nature, go do something. I even talk about ironing. I even tell people, try ironing. You know, if you can't go take a walk in nature, that is a low thought activity. And it's kind of like taking a hot shower or being out on a long drive. And then suddenly these amazing ideas drop in. Totally. That's your channeling. Yeah. That's exactly what you're doing when you're not trying and you're just relaxed and you're a little focused on something because completely shutting your mind down for a lot of people is very difficult. Very difficult. Definitely. Myself included. You know, yeah. we're very, I drink lots of coffee uh-huh. and I'm very, you know, wound up all the time. And I love my, my moments of silence 
And I love that feeling, but holding myself there for 30 minutes of an hour or an hour is not always a possibility for me. Mm. You know, the low thought activity can always take me up. In fact, I think low thought activity has more value when you're down there than trying to meditate. Because if you mm. try to meditate down there, you're just going to piss yourself off even more in most yeah, cases. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I wanted to ask you about your own channeling experience. Are you able to access it at all times or is it something that just comes and goes or, you know, it, I have never not been able to access it. Now I okay. have had times where uh, I'm really allowing myself to be down the spiral and I'm really frustrated or stressed out. Right. Uh, and then I, maybe there's a friend that I'm on with that wants to bring the stream in and it, they're such a good friend. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm really not in a place to do that right now, Yeah. but it's a choice. Right. Because if I'm on with someone that I am looking to serve, yeah. I always go in with the intention of being able to do that. Plus, I love what I do. So if I'm on talking to someone and I know yeah. that I can offer them help, I love doing that. Boom. Takes me right back up my spot. The work that we do is about raising your default vibration. And I have found that when you do that, that above, you know, up to spiral above neutral space is always right there. Mm. It's right there. It's one positive thought away from boom, up to spiral. I call it quick clearing. Nice. Clearing out all that negative crap in an instant. And I've done it in traffic. I've gotten out into traffic and, you know, somebody will cut me off and then I'm hitting red lights and I'm getting, you know, pissed off about it. I'm getting a little angry and I stop myself and realize I'm creating all this. Yeah. This is my thing right here. Yeah. I can stop without closing my eyes because I'm driving. I can do a little <laughs> breath work, a little appreciation. I call I have one thing I call the three to five game. I'll look for three to five things to appreciate in that instant. And as soon as I do that, I'm up the spiral. I set a positive intention and the whole commute changes. It's Beautiful. magical how we can do that. And that's how powerful each and every one of us are. Indeed. Yes. Um, would you be open to dropping into the stream right now? Is that a possibility? Sure. Sure. That would be amazing. I just got through telling you I could do it at a moment's notice. I'm not going to say no. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. You back me into a corner, Patrick. Right now. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Okay. <laughs> but it just takes a moment. And what I always tell everybody to do... Um, we're going to do a little meditation together. It just takes a moment, but set an intention to receive exactly what you want and need from the stream, and you will have that experience, mm. regardless of when you're accessing this. Okay, beautiful. <clears throat> we are here. Mm. Welcome. Thank you for being here. May I ask some questions? You may. Hmm. Why is there so much needless suffering in the human experience? It is interesting that, that you would define it as, as needless. Because ultimately you understand the purpose of, of what you consider suffering. But you also understand that, that, that your audience is served by categorizing it as needless the, the 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 down the spiral if you will the, the unwanted manifestations the things that are not your preference exist to inspire you toward new creation mm. your new creation in physical expands your being your eternal being is expanded in every new creation, every better thought, every solution, every new idea, every experience that you consider negative that eventually you have the power to look back upon in appreciation of. And in your appreciation, 
see the gift and the experience that you created for yourselves. Mm. You all possess this ability. And when you are focusing upon that which you consider suffering, you are judging the human experience, the earthly experience, from your ego perspective. Mm. Because from your eternal perspective, you have access to full appreciation, if not love, for all that is. And appreciation in the way that we are using this, this, this human created term is, is, is deep understanding of understanding on such a level that you do find appreciation for it and understand that from our perspective, our eternal perspective, we see all beings in your physical, in this case, earthly environment as the eternal beings that you are. Here, having what is a very temporary human experience and what you are perceiving is linear time. Mm. And in that we see you as these eternal beings, we see you here on this little weekend trip, this little weekend trip to planet Earth, where you come and, and, and use your, in your cases, physical vehicles, your human vehicles to experience, absorb and filtration and filter the earth environment. Your filtration systems are, 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 are very much part of the earth environment. You are of the earth environment in your human state. It's important to understand that that eternal consciousness version of you is part of us. We are part of all of you. And when you are in your ego consciousness, which serves you in, in, in the great purpose of you experiencing your earth environment, discerning your preferences, and even having your down-the-spiral emotions. But those down-the-spiral emotions, when you are, are, are allowing yourselves to find appreciation for them, you are solving them. You are moving through them in a, in a, in a very different way. But when you are looking upon suffering and, and judging the suffering of others, especially, you are holding yourselves away from that consciousness that's available to you mm. because you are not viewing suffering the way that we view what you call suffering. We view it as an experience that a being came to have. Mm. But in your human mind, in your ego consciousness, you are judging that as something that should not be. But notice that you judge the suffering of others more critically, more harshly often than you judge your own. Mm. You have all moved through difficult experiences. And in, in those difficult experiences, you came out the other side an expanded being because of the experience. You may not yet have found what that expansion is, but as our promise to you, it's available to you. But your harsh judgment of the experience of others is something that should not be. We guide you to, to, to open your minds up to the understanding that the ones that are in the difficult experience are creating their experience, not always of what you would call desire, but as a soul consciousness coming and having an intention for a very imperfect human journey. And from the soul perspective, the eternal perspective, those strands of consciousness that are seeking a more expansive experience are automatically, via the law of attraction, aligning with a more difficult path. Mm. 
So from your human experience, you, you are discerning your preferences and you are assigning those preferences very often to all creation, especially all humanity. And you are seeing infants being born into suffering, as you would consider it, illness, poverty, genocide, things of this nature, abuse. And you are judging that from your perspective of something that should not be for them. Mm. However, you are not taking into consideration the eternal consciousness version of them that came for the suffering, mm. that came for the high contrasting experience. And we will provide an example of this for all of you. You are all aware of stories of small children that are born with serious, if not terminal, illnesses. And you are all aware of these stories of these children that live very short years, three, four, five years of age sometimes. And they come and they are a, a beam of bright light for all that are around them. They are at such peace with their journey and such peace with even the idea of their early demise. Maybe not 100% of the time, but much of the time. And after their transition back to their completed state of consciousness, those that experience them speak of what a bright light they were, how special they were. Think about that. Mm. Those are stories of the, the, the beings that are coming for the contrast. And, and, and their amount of time and the way they operated their human experience is not judged by us. The energetic realm is not judging any of this as suffering, is not judging any of this as bad. We appreciate all of it because we understand that as expressions of our consciousness, you are choosing as independent strands, as, as you are perceiving yourselves, coming into the physical environment of contrast, understanding that you are projecting yourselves into the path of that. And understanding that whether you are born into immediate contrast or not, you are going to develop an imperfect operating system by design. This imperfect operating system actually is the perfect operating system because you encountering things that are not your preference, things that are painful, things that you perceive as suffering, possess the potential to inspire you toward new creation. Mm. That is your purpose of being. Adapting that mindset is something that you are all well capable of. However, humanity has gone down this path, traveled well down this path of victimhood, of judgment of the experience, of needing others to agree with your desired experience, and not taking into account the perspective of the other that is in the journey that you do not understand because it is not your journey. Mm. Thank you. Hmm. Just one more question. I understand that we are here to, uh, in these 3D human bodies, to experience contrast, to experience light and darkness. It would seem to me that there is a difference, or at least some energy or consciousness that is intent on bringing malevolent force evil as i understand it to the world is this in unison harmony with all that is or is it something outside of that that needs to be um i, I don't want to say 
fought against because I know that's not the way, but it's, I, I recognize a sense of malevolence in the world that hurts me on a deep level. And I don't know where that comes from and how to deal with it. You have posed an excellent question because it, 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 we, we are here to share with you that, that we are what you would consider pure love and appreciation of all that is. And we are the eternal consciousness that created the entire universe, and you are part of us. There is nothing out there projecting itself into the earth environment, creating negative energy other than the negative energy itself. This, this, this ebb and flow of positive is what you're experiencing. Mm. The ebb and flow of positive is, is creating this journey for all of you vibrationally. And your vibrational journey of up and down vibration, this flow that we speak of, the lower vibrational separation, which is an illusion of, of that is seems like separation. You, you, you are never fully separated from that which we are. We, we flow through all creation and we are always available. But your ego consciousness, your, your humanity, your, your earthbound consciousness in a physical environment in that ebb and flow of the positive, because all that is available is the positive, but there are varying degrees of this positive energy that are flowing to you. And when, when the, the positive energy seems to contract, your ego steps forward, your humanness steps forward, your physicalness steps forward. And this is true for all consciousness, not just humanity. And in that, that ebb of energy, and the, the, the allowing of more physical consciousness to step forward, obstacles are created. Think, think of how your, your earth environment operates if you were to take humanity out of the equation completely. Mm. Think of the, the, the storms that come through and create a little bit of destruction on the planet, a little bit of clearing of the brush, if you will and a little bit of destruction of some of the vegetation, even some of the, the wildlife that are, are inhabiting the planet. And think about how spring always returns. The sun always comes back. The, the well-being of the vegetation always springs forward. In fact, humanity could, could pave over a forest with a parking lot and left unattended in the sun and the weather and the elements. Eventually, that parking lot would give way to new vegetation. Mm. The new vegetation would take over yet again. And the beauty of that would reveal itself in time. That is the nature of a physical environment. This, this perception of linear time and this ebb and flow of energy and the creation of storms that clears out the brush, that causes a little bit of destruction. But that destruction is simply the earth feeding itself and expanding itself. Mm. You understand that life consumes life. And in life consuming life, the, there is a cycle that is present in your environment, a self-sustaining earth environment cycle, a physical. And that ebb and flow of energy is exactly what's creating that. Think about how your plants spring forward and, and some of them do not survive. Some of them instantaneously become food for something else. Mm -hmm. And the ones that, that flourish and thrive are the more dominant ones. And the more dominant ones beget more dominant species of whatever you're, you're speaking of. And eventually, regardless of how dominant a species of, of a living thing on your earth environment is, it's going to have a span and it's going to die off and become food for something else. 
return itself to the earth environment, this self-sustaining earth environment. So humanity's step forward, leap forward in, in intelligence is, is, is essentially a mutation of the earth environment that you are able to create and think on the level that you're able to create and think on. And so you explore these things very differently and you actually hold yourselves away from the universal process of creation, labeling things as suffering and judging them that way and creating more of. Mm. The placing of the labels, the demonization of any person, circumstance, or event in your world only creates more of that unwanted element. Mm. But that is the perfection of the universal process of creation. We guide you all to refocus on your earth environment as one of perfection, the perfection of imperfection. So the things that you consider unwanted, unsavory even, evil even, are creations of humanity. The, the darkness that you all encounter is your own creation as your reaction to what you have created thus far in your life journey. Your recollection of, of times that you feel you were cheated or abused or treated poorly. But start to peel away the layers of judgment. Start to refocus on all of those things and come to understand how much of that is programmed thinking. Because you are by and large taught to think like victims, to think like you have no control. And what does that do? It robs you of your power. It robs you of your control. You have complete control over your reality, but we are not guiding you in that control to expect perfection because once you achieve perfection, there's nothing left for you to create. And therefore there is no purpose of your being here. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, do we have time for one more question? You may. I feel an impulse to be of highest service, which to me, I suppose, means transcending what you call my ego consciousness and existing in a higher vibration of love and acceptance and appreciation. So I suppose my question is, how can I be of highest service in transcending my ego to, to serve all of life, not just my own. The highest service that, that you specifically have to offer is the continual detuning of the judgment of the human experience itself, including your own and, and, and that of everyone around you. The detuning of the judgment and the bringing of the higher perspective is your own version of channeling. And, and you are aware of that already. The thing that holds you away from it is the judgment of the suffering the judgment of this should not be, that should not be. Because when you are in that state of focus, you are cutting yourself off from your own version of this. And you understand already that you have far more to offer in your highest vibration of appreciation of all that is, including the suffering of others. And as a teacher, you also understand, and you are coming more and more and more to understand, that when you are desiring and intending to help another, that the detuning of judgment of their experience offers you more tools to actually be of service to them. Mm. Because when you are getting drawn into the unwantedness of their experience and you are agreeing with that, 
because you have been taught to be benevolent and as an empath, you are taught to align with, with the one that you are teaching. You are also understanding that when you are diving into the wrongness of something with them, you are essentially jumping down the well with them mm. and cannot offer them a way out. Whereas when you simply allow them to have their opinion of their experience without judgment of any sort, you are keeping your vibration above neutral or you are capable of offering them assistance should they choose to follow it. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Truly appreciate it. We tend to share a lot of information in few words, and, and we, we, we always guide those that are listening to our words, especially if they are new to these, these teachings, to listen a few times because there are multiple layers being offered in what we share. Mm, I, I can feel that, and I certainly will be listening to this multiple times. So thank you very much. With much love, that is what we have. Wow, man. Thank you for that. How do you feel? Buzzy. Yeah. Just alive and buzzy. And wow. Drinking cold coffee. <laughs> so I'm just so curious, like how that experience is for you. Like, were you listening? Could you hear everything that was coming through or were you sort of? In and out. I, 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 I weave in and out of awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, I always say, and, and usually I tell people this before I ever do that, I always say the only limitations of the stream is they're limited to my intellect and vocabulary. Right. If I don't understand what someone is asking, like if somebody came on and asked how to perform surgery, right. I wouldn't be able to channel that because I have no clue how to perform surgery. Right. So, and that's why, you know, we're channeling in English, not in Mandarin. Right. You know? So it, it is filtered through me, but I have gotten to this place where I shift gears and I, I step out of it. And only when they're trying to express something and I'm trying to find the word, do I become more aware. Right. Right. Uh, but it's gotten pretty smooth early on. It was slow. You know, my early podcast would take hours and I'd have to edit out all the silence because I was having <laughs> to get a thought. And then it just kept getting better and better and better. And again, that's the power of intention, right. setting that intention, uh, being inspired by Abraham and setting an intention to, to channel the way that she channels Abraham which I don't think I do, but yeah. you know, it's gotten better in that intention. Certainly there can be more of a conversation. It makes more sense. Uh, and my awareness sort of when there's a stumble or a searching for a word of what they're meaning, that's kind of when I become a little more aware and then I step back, I have to stay step back so that I let them continue to flow though. And I'm pretty, I've gotten pretty good at doing that. It took some time, but I did. Yes, you have. That was beautiful and uh, really appreciate You've taken the time today, David Strickle. Really appreciate your wisdom and everything you're doing in the world. Thank you very much. I enjoyed being here. Enjoyed talking to you very much. Thank Excellent. You. Uh, would you like to just let people know where they can uh, find you online and your tire sure. practice? We're the Stream of David everywhere. Uh, Streamofdavid.com is the website. And we do have a Facebook group that you can join if you want to learn more about the tire practice. And it's called the tire practice, T Y A. It stands for Trust Your Abundance, but it is the Taya Practice Facebook group. So uh, come join us. Amazing. I'll definitely be joining and I'll see you there. Thank you so much again, David Strickle. Perfect. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. 
And if you're ready to make massive changes in your life and looking for the support and accountability to make it happen, I'm currently accepting applications for my private one-to-one coaching. You can send an email to patrick at patrickcookcoaching.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, life is now. Live your being.